Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. You're giggling. Where are well, you giggling? You like, you said, start recording, and then just dead silence, which nobody will ever know, except now they will, so... Well, it's because I had to get a sound sample so I can do uh, fuzz removal, you know, noise removal later on in post-processing. Yeah, it, it, it happens. We got to do that. I we got to do that. Hey, uh, before we go into detail, I uh, want to give a shout out to our friends over at truckradio.net, kryptonradio.com, uh, Radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio, and Stitcher.com, and Salt Lake Comic Con FanX. Yes, and we have an announcement to make. We have tickets to give away. I've been teasing it for a couple weeks. We're going to give tickets away. So what you need to do is after you listen to this episode, I want you to go to our post on Facebook that has this episode linked in it. And I just want you to say, you know, something. Just give us some feedback and, you know, talk about the show, talk about whatever. I don't care. And I'm going to choose some winners from the commenters on that particular Facebook post. Now, a lot of people may hear this before we post it on Facebook, because I generally wait a little bit, so your your podcast reader may have it first. But, you know, keep an eye out on Facebook, and and yeah, if you don't like us on Facebook yet, now is a great time to do so. Facebook.com, Stolen Droids. Are we doing two of these giveaways? Because, like, this episode will go out Monday, and it plays on Trek Radio on Monday, Krypton Radio on Tuesday, Radio KSCR later in the week. And Geek Factor is like Wednesday night, I think. Yeah, so should we do two? We can give out... Yeah, let's give out a couple sets of tickets. I've got multi-passes for Comic-Con. That's Friday and Saturday... Or, excuse me, FanX. That's Friday and Saturday, March 17th and 18th. Uh, If I've got the passes in my hand. Not at at the moment. They're actually upstairs on my dresser. Uh, But they have not, you know... He They're likes legit- to roll around in bed with them. Like, they are indecent they, proposal. They are legitimate passes that were given to me by Dan Farr's assistant. So I've got passes. We'll go ahead and make some comments, and we'll we'll pick some winners from that at random. Okay. So first one will be from this show's episode, and next time maybe just you know like the page and keep an eye out. Yeah, just right. follow us, and and we'll be we'll be doing some stuff because passes are always fun and i mean these are i don't even know how much passes are this time but it's definitely worth it if you can get them for free yeah it's worth it free Free is always better yeah free yourself up get some get some extra money to to get some autographs and whatnot pictures with weird al pictures with weird al i have one of those so i i'm not going to pay for it but um i'm not paying for his autograph either because i have a lot of stuff autographed by him as do you you've got a book signed by him i do thanks to me uh, but you know, it's funny because speaking of autographs, I decided Jess Harnell comes every time. He's the voice of Wacko Warner from Animaniacs. He does about a million other voices. And I decided I'm getting his autograph this time around. So I went and I bought a Funko Pop of Wacko Warner and I'm just going to have him sign that. Sweet. I thought, you know, that's, that's cool. Different than a, different than your typical photo, which I have plenty of autograph photos. Let's do something different. And within five minutes, my wife sent me a message. What's the meaning of this charge? Did you buy a Funko Pop? And I said, yes, I did. She said, why? I wish that you would just stop buying toys. 
I thought you'd grow out of it, but alas, you never will. So this is the life that we live. They say, well, I'm going to have Jess sign it at Comic-Con or at FanX. I've never had him sign anything. I'm going to go ahead and do it. He's a really cool guy. So she said, well, maybe he'll sign it for free after you interview him. Maybe. He's a cool guy. I could do that, but I'm willing to pay the money. So we'll see. We'll see. Indeed. Okay, so quick uh, explain, explanation to everyone. The past few weeks, um, I, I have a new mic set up, and we've talked a bit about this, that the, the better the mic equipment we get, the more things we have to filter and whatnot. For some reason, the past few episodes, there's been a lot of hiss on my end. Not on Zoner's end. It's all coming from my mic, which is funny because we have the same mic. And between the two of us, I have a much better setup. I kind of go old school. I like to just hold my mic. I used to have an arm, but I broke it. Uh, a, a mic holding arm, he means, not like yes. his left arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had an arm that held my mic, and, and now I just kind of hold it because it just, I like it better. My my setup is not conducive to a giant microphone sitting in my face. Right. So I, I've left like five seconds of intro time, of lead-in time that I can use as a uh, as a sampler to go in and remove the hiss. So hopefully by the time you're hearing this, dear listener, you're not having it. Uh, but we need to hurry because we have a lot of headlines. It was a busy week. We had Mobile World Congress in uh, in Barcelona, Spain. A lot of news coming out of that. Uh, but we also have some feedback. Oh, sweet. From Ruff. Is it because we called him out? We did call him out. And, and yes, it is. <laughs> he says, uh, in regards to your song at the end of episode whatever, maybe I didn't even recognize that they were Aussies. It was good, apart from the blue language? Question mark. The other possible reason might be that I only listened to the episode this morning, Ruff. For shame. Though I do have to give props where props are due. If I've ever fell behind on a... uh, I used to listen to a bunch of podcasts, a whole ton of them, actually. And I had to cut back because there was a few days where maybe I was sick or my kids were sick and I had to stay home from work. And I only listened to podcasts in the car. And somehow in only two days of not listening to podcasts, I was like seven episodes behind. At which point I just dumped all the episodes I was behind. So if anything happened in those episodes, I never found out about it. I do that constantly. So the fact that he goes and he catches up on episodes, I got to give him props. That's a diehard fan. Thanks, yes. Ruff. We appreciate it. We love you, man. Um, and, and what's also really funny about that feedback is I actually had to go back and listen to the song and pull up the lyrics to find what he was referring to as blue language. Um, I guess it's because I don't speak the language I didn't even catch that they said that. And they say it a couple times. What do they say? Words. <laughs> I was wondering if I could, you know, get you the no. little slip of the tongue there. No, you can't. No, you can't. Um, okay, so straight into our headlines. We're going to take a little while here to get to uh, Mobile World Congress news because we've got a lot of other headlines, too. And first off is an article you may not be able to read because by the time you get it, it may be behind a paywall. But it involves Apple and being in the school. Now... I, you know, I, I'm 35. You know, I'll just throw it out there. Zoner's about 50. Um, I'm 41. <laughs> it's about the same, right? It's it's all the same. It's it's just old. Hey, you know, the president has like an eight year old. That's true. And it, is that his wife though? <laughs> Will be soon. Um, <laughs> I think I crossed a line. I think I crossed a line. I'm not sure. I'll have to talk with uh, my conscience later about that. But so. 
When I was a kid, the Apple IIe reigned supreme in the computer lab, and we only had 15 of them, which for a class of 30 causes problems. Um, then the actual Macintosh came out. And so we had 15 Apple IIe's and 15 Macintoshes. And oh my gosh, the Macintoshes were awesome because they had a mouse. And not only did they have a five and a quarter inch drive, they also had a three and a half inch floppy drive. You That's could fancy. use both. It's fancy. It was like we were living in the future. They had an actual GUI installed on them. Oh, that's always impressive. Now, this has been a common thing across American schools for ages, and it's been a very strategic thing that Apple has done. The idea was uh, offer computers at a discount to schools, get kids hooked on technology and hooked on Apple products, meaning it, they would be more... Uh, familiar with it when they left it kind of indoctrinates you early yes well and it's the same thing with microsoft giving free software to students and to college students in particular you get them hooked you get them accustomed to using their tools and then they have to buy them once they're out in the real world and if anyone doubts this philosophy you should remember that apple has reigned supreme in schools for about 40 years and it's to such a degree that most graphic designers and web developers still claim that Apple is the best. And it really comes down to it's just because that's what they learned on in school. Yeah. I, it, it's and, familiar. Yeah, it's familiar. And you know what? I used to hate on it because I thought that was the dumbest reason ever until I realized, you know what? They're not computer engineers. They're artists. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't hire someone to come build your house and say, hey, look, I want you to build my house. But while you're at it, I want you to completely learn a whole new construction method while doing it. So I get it. I get it. However, in the past few years, something interesting has happened. Well, I shouldn't say interesting. Something almost inevitable. Google happened. Yes. And the Chromebook. Zonner, you have kids in elementary school. I do. And do they ever talk about using their Chromebooks or using their laptops, as they call them? Um, no, they don't actually. Do you know if they do? I don't know if they have Chromebooks or not. I know that they have computer lab. I think that they're just PCs though, if I'm not mistaken. See, ours is kind of interesting because, um, all of my kids are in elementary school except for one who's in middle school. Uh, that's junior high for people outside of Utah. And all the Elementary school ones, yeah, the computer lab has PCs, but the classroom has Chromebooks. And we're talking a lot of Chromebooks, like enough Chromebooks for all the students' Chromebooks. And we're not in a super rich area. We're not like County of L.A. here. Which Is L.A. Were, County super rich? Not anymore. Not since their <laughs> Apple deal, no. And it's kind of genius when you consider that, and, and in this article by the Wall Street Journal, they do talk about, they can buy like three, four, five Chromebooks for the price of a Mac. Yeah. And they don't need it to do any heavy lifting. So why wouldn't they? You know, the stuff that my kids do, uh, they go online to some websites, do math, they do reading, and they do keyboarding. That's like it. They, they're not, they're not playing like heavy load graphic video games. They're not. They're not doing, you know, tons of photo and video editing. Chromebooks or lightweight PCs work just fine. Well, and that's interesting here, too, because this article does point out that last year, and we forgot about this. We mentioned it, 
but then it, it launched and we it just kind of threw it by the wayside. Windows came out. Microsoft came out with a Windows netbook that was $189. That's right. I forgot about that. And we're talking full version of Windows here. It doesn't run super fast. It's basically the Windows answer to a Chromebook, but it undercuts the price of a Chromebook by 10 bucks. Uh-huh. This has led to a very interesting resurgence of Windows. So Apple is now the bottom, the, the least used type of OS now in American schools. Nice. I just think that's kind of interesting. It really is. I think... We're talking like for the first time in 40 years. You know, you, we've talked a little bit about how Apple has lost its luster somewhat. I think this is further evidence of that. You mentioned, you know, you can buy so many Chromebooks for the price of one Mac. I think Apple may be pricing themselves out of the market. I, I think so. And I apologize. This one is actually from the uh, New York Times. The Wall Street Journal is the next one, which unfortunately is also an Apple headline. Sorry, Apple. It's going to sound like we're ragging on you. We're really not. Sources have confirmed that the new version of the iPhone that will be announced soon will have a version. They haven't said if all versions will have this, but there will be a version with a curved OLED screen. They are going to get rid of the home button and have software keys only. It will be waterproof. It will have wireless charging. It will be USB type C, not lightning port. If this sounds like it's going to be an Android phone. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. In fact, it sounds almost word for word, like it's going to be the Samsung Galaxy S8. You know, that's interesting to me, that they're going away from the lightning port. And I actually can't get to that article, so um, it's already behind a paywall. Cursed paywalls. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's... Apple is really taking a page from Android's, play, Android's playbook over the last few years, I think. Just trying to keep up. You know, Android... Say what you will about fragmentation. Say what you will about the fact that there's a million developers working on Android, a million different companies working on Android. There are advantages to that because you get all these companies that start working on different things. Apple can then just go say, hey, well, this was really popular with this phone. This was really popular with this phone. And they can kind of take the best of the best. I, I think you mean Google. Google can do that. Um, and you're right. <laughs> Google does do that too. Yes. Yes. Um, you're right in that regard. I just, I think it's time that Apple seriously consider a paradigm shift in the iOS. I'm not saying that iOS is bad. I used my iPhone and I loved it. It was great at the time, but they're kind of entering a new era when it comes to hardware. And I, I'm not going to say they're copying Android. I'm not going to say Android's copying them because you know us. We've talked about this on the show repeatedly, actually, that we're getting to the point where all phones are basically the same. I think this is the logical evolution for all phones. A lot of these features have been used in this way. And if everyone's using phones the same way, it only makes sense that all manufacturers are going to start building them to match. But it yeah. seems very odd to then have the same layout for iOS, the same overall structure that has been now for 10 years on this ultra new hardware. You go back to the layout of Android 10 years ago. It is laughable. I wouldn't use it. I didn't use it. No. I, well, you know, it's interesting too, because I'm running Android seven on my phone 
And I just pulled out a couple of my old Nexus Nexus 7 2012 devices, which are, what, five years old now. Uh, almost five years old. And I installed... The Nexus 7? The Nexus 7. Oh, it was tablet. a tablet. Right, yeah, right. Tablet. You've got one, I think. Uh, I sold um, mine. But I pulled them out, and I actually installed Android 4.4, because that ran really well. But it's amazing just how different things are. And that, I mean, 4.4 came out, what, 2013 maybe? So it's it's a good, you know, three, four years old. And it's just amazing to me how far Android has evolved in the last few years. You go back to the Froyo days, that's just, that's ridiculous. That's painful. It really is. So uh, here's hoping that uh, Apple introduces some awesome new features to go along with what looks like to be an awesome new phone. Yeah. Um, some of you may have noticed, I know I certainly did, some problems with the Internet this week. Some of your favorite sites, services, plugins um, just weren't there anymore. Turns out Amazon had a massive problem. Well, okay, so what does Amazon have to do with this? Well, Amazon's two different companies. It's Amazon Marketplace, the place where you buy everything, and then Amazon Web Services. Amazon Web Services provide internet capabilities, server capabilities, cloud computing, cloud storage for a huge chunk of the internet. A huge chunk of it. And um, there was a slight um, oopsie that happened this week when an engineer ran a particular command to try and purge out old servers that weren't in use anymore. Misted a couple keystrokes, just, just completely innocent typo and deleted a whole swath of active servers. Yep. Oopsie. Yeah. You know, this is, I love the analogy that they use here. Uh, we've all been there. You push the wrong button and end up getting Sprite instead of Coke. I mean, <laughs> this guy brought down a third of the internet for four hours. It's a little bit more serious than getting Coke instead of Sprite. But it was the same thing that caused it. And it, I, yeah, I, as annoying as it is and as panicked as he had to do be and uh, how horrible things must have been in that knock. I sure hope he didn't lose his job because that really is an innocent mistake. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I did something years ago. I was working in a customer's database and I actually accidentally ran a delete command instead of on one line or one, one row of the table or something. I deleted the entire table. They had to do a database restore. I mean, <laughs> we've all been there. It sucks, but unfortunately mistakes happen. Yeah. So, um, hopefully Amazon learns from this, maybe adds a couple extra lines of security safeguards, a couple more of these. Are you sure it's going to do this? You know, prompts. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That sucks for that guy. I kind of feel bad for him. Take a page from windows Vista. You know, are you sure you wish to complete this action? Yeah. One of the few good things of windows Vista. Mm, yes. Um, let's jump the next one and go to WordPress since we're talking about uh, security, flaws, internet, that kind of stuff. Turns out that a rather serious vulnerability was found in WordPress. It involves a SQL injection command, and we don't have Schmitty here, so to quickly um, paraphrase what that means, it means that if there's like a login page where it asks for your name, instead of entering the name, you enter in a SQL command, and the page executes it as if you're giving it a command and gives you access to the database. Yeah. Oops. Bad news. Bad news. 
You know, though, SQL injection, that's like kind of old school internet. Right. You'd expect that it should be fixed. Yeah. And so you would think most people, I mean, it's pretty rare that you can come across SQL injection uh, being effective on a website anymore. But Next Gen Gallery, uh, which is a plugin for WordPress. Which we used for a while. Yeah. Um, actually has not fixed that. So if you're running Next Gen Gallery, there's over a million of you that are. And so, you know, if you're still using it, upgrade to version 2.1.79 because they say that it's been fixed. But, yeah, that that's bad news that they can get your stuff. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, into some more fun, password managers. Okay. Hashtag hack zoner is in effect. <laughs> there are nine popular password managers and on Android. Some of these... Ex- and past Android, like LastPass is on the list, and Avast, and, uh, and and Dashlane, and they're all password managers that exist outside of Android as well. But it turns out that the Android uh, clients for them have been leaking passwords. Yeah, that's not a good thing. And that's that's one thing that I don't like about password managers. Unfortunately, I have to use one. I use one that's basically an offline Um. I keep the, I, I put the database file locally. If you the, say you use Excel, I'm going to reach through the screen and smack you ghost ad style. <laughs> no, I use, <laughs> I use KeePass. But, um, I store the, I store the password file on my device and I don't need to worry. I mean, somebody's got to get access to my device before they can get access to my passwords. And even then, they've got to know the password to get onto it. But I have used Dashlane. I've used uh, LastPass. Uh, I may have used one password. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But that's always been a concern of mine. That what if these guys leak my password? All my passwords are vulnerable. It's bad news. It is bad news. Um, they're working on fixing it. it. Turns out that a lot of them, actually all of them, all nine of these. When you create your profile, you also create a master key password, and everything gets encrypted based off that password. And if ever you need to access your vault, that's what you use. Well, in these nine clients, they took that and added it to the hard code of the app itself. So if your password was password123, it'd say, okay, and it would insert that in plain text into the app's code. So all another app on the phone would have to do is say, hey, look at this app's code and see what's in this part. Oops. Yeah, that's that's bad news. Very um, bad news. Back to hilarious bad news. Actually, I'll be honest. I don't know if this is bad news. Um, it's just weird, funny, and kind of dumb. Remember how we talked about how Samsung had blowing things up? That was awesome English right there. They had blowy uppy <laughs> stuff. You mean the Galaxy Note Kaboom? No, actually, I mean their washing machines. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, well, so they are rolling out repairs gangbuster style, but there's so many of them, so many of them, and there aren't nearly enough technicians to take care of them. So if you have a Samsung washing machine that needs to be repaired, give them a call and they'll send out your local Dish Network representative to fix it. Yes. 
I don't really. understand the logic with that. How does being a cable repairman make you qualified to fix a dish or, or a washing machine? Well, I guess what it is is that there's actually a network of certified repairmen who are all part of this co-op. So if your company doesn't have the manpower to repair something or doesn't have a technician in a certain area, but there's another technician who is familiar with certain things or has signed up saying, look, I know I don't work for you, but I'm familiar with this and I can do the work too. send me out instead, which kind of makes sense, right? If you live in a really sparse area and you have some rather finicky hardware that needs someone to come out and take a look at it. But the only person in the area is a TV repairman. If the TV repairman can still fix it, you still have him fix it. You know, I don't know that I like that idea. I don't know that I want my network repair guy that lives two doors down coming over and, I don't know, fixing my furnace or something like that. that well, just- in this case, they are trained. So to get back to the subject at hand, dish techs are part of this network. And there's a lot more of them than there are Samsung washer repairmen. So Samsung is training these repair techs on what to do, how to fix it, and how to act when, you know, representing Samsung. And so far, it's been going just as awesome as you can expect from Samsung. Which is to say, a lot of people are complaining that their washer isn't fixed, is even worse off when than it was. Um, they didn't know what they were doing and or... While fixing the washing machine, they were trying to sell them a Dish Network package. Oh, that's just wonderful, isn't it? Oh, wow. Okay, so you know Stranger Danger? You teach it to your kids. You don't let people into the house. You don't get into strange cars. You don't invite a Dish Network person into your home. It's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. You don't let any cable or satellite person into your home without a really good reason and an adult present. Maybe two. Yeah. Is that even sufficient? Two Uh, adults? And a gun and a dog. (laughs) So So when you say, no, I'm not interested in upgrading that package, they know you mean business. Yeah. Yeah, and make sure the gun and the dog are both large. Yes. Um, Google announced, well, not really, actually. They just kind of whispered a very interesting product they launched called Meet. M-E-E-T, not M-E-A-T. Google Meet would be very interesting if it was... That would be awesome. Google Meet. I mean, it's like your your internet butcher. (laughs) Holy crap, I want that now. I didn't realize I wanted it, but now that you've said that, if, if I could just... Open up meat.google.com and like order some porterhouse and some worst. It would be the best. Oh yeah. Think about just how awesome that was. Um, but no, meet is an enterprise friendly version of hangouts. Um, remember they, they kind of killed off video conferencing in Google plus and they were kind of trying to consolidate that. And then they took away large video gatherings on hangouts. Well, it's because they were building this out for enterprise. Which is really kind of interesting. I was hoping to use it for our show tonight, because Zoner and I usually do a hangout here. Uh-huh. Hence the intro that says from the Stolen Droids Hangout. It's not like it's a, a, a treehouse or anything. It's it's an actual hangout. Um but the problem is is that even <laughs> though the site has launched, 
and you can get to it with any Google account, there's no way to schedule a meeting yet. Interesting. So it asks you for your meeting number, and if there's no meeting number, you can't get in. It's a lot like kind of join me or, or meeting anywhere or PC anywhere. Uh-huh. It seems very much in that line. So it'll be interesting to see how this works. Well, I find it interesting that Google is coming out with yet another messaging platform. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt in this one. Cause I was thinking that I was thinking how right you are about that. Just the problem is, is that in this case, it's enterprise and it would make sense. Yeah. That there is an enterprise offering for that. Yeah. I just, Oh man, I just Google with their messaging stuff just confuses and frustrates me. I, I honestly do not understand how they, how they're perceiving it. And there's the cat. <laughs> so yeah, it just it confuses me. I I don't understand, but hey, we'll run with it. We'll see sure. what happens. Why not? Um in other Google news, well, kind of Google, actually YouTube. YouTube is offering a pay TV service for cord cutters. Um no real name for it yet, but it's going to cost $35 a month and is supposed to replace everything that you used to watch on cable TV or antenna TV. Okay. This is going to piss off telecom companies like crazy. And if they do it right, could really upset pretty much everything. You know, when I was looking at this, I thought it was interesting because the the article that I was reading saying that they didn't have CBS or Viacom stations. So no CBS, no TNT. Another article I read said they did. So I'm not sure on that. But this is a direct, I mean, this is a direct assault on the cable companies. Oh, totally is. They're, they're trying to get the cord cutters, and it seems like the, the networks are just going along with it. So are the networks realizing that they are just way out of touch with how they've been doing business for the last few years and trying to catch up? Or have the cable companies just been that evil in trying to suppress everything? You know, I... I'm not sure the the networks understand quite where they're at with this. I think they're kind of, and this is pure speculation. He's eating the microphone. He is eating the back of my microphone. At least he's not showing me his butthole. You know, it's not really a problem for me if he shows you his butthole. <laughs> it is a problem for me if he eats my microphone. <laughs> Dang cat. Um. I get the impression because right now you can go onto YouTube and you can pull up clips from nearly any show that ever aired within the last 30 years. If it was a funny moment in Seinfeld, you can pull it up. And there have been different ways that people have, you know, they've reversed the video feed. They've sped up the audio. They put it in the middle of a larger background to get around YouTube's attempts to stop it. But they're still there. Yeah. And so I kind of wonder if this is like the network's going, oh, hey, you know, if we just put the show up there and have YouTube charge them and we get a bit of kickback, that takes away the piracy side. And they're right. Yeah, they are. They're, they're right. But that also opens the door for people to just simply say, guess what? We're not going to buy your package anymore through my cable company or through Dish Network or whatever. We're just going to go YouTube. You know, though, I think 35 bucks seems a bit pricey. Eh, it depends. It's I mean, still cheaper than most cable packages. 
but it just feels pricey to me. And I don't know why. I, I would expect, you know, I would expect less, maybe 10 to $15 less. I think it depends on how much it offers. Because if it can offer everything a cable package can, well, then $35 is way better than $60, $80, $100. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's still a better deal. Don't get me wrong. It's still a better deal. It just, I would, I would think it would be a little, a little lower. Just because they're still trying to compete with people like me or draw business of people like me who have, Completely cut the cord. I've gone over the air antenna and Netflix and Amazon. That That's what I use. Mm-hmm. I don't have a need for this service. I don't have a desire for this service, Not especially not at $35. Right. At, at $25, I might consider it. At 20 bucks, it's pretty hard to resist. Now, right now, the list is limited, but it's ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, CW, uh, Telemundo, ESPN, ESPN2, 3, ESPNU, uh, all the ESPNs, except for the Ocho. Fox Sports, <laughs> Fox Sports 2, Fox News, CSN, CSNBC, NBC, CN, what is that? I don't even know what that logo is. USA, FX, Freeform. Um, I, I think that one used to be ABC Family. I'm not sure. Disney, E, um, SEC, which, I'm assuming isn't the Securities Exchange Commission? No, it's it's a football network, college football network. They should the, rename that because I would expect 24-hour programming from the Securities Exchange Commission. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bravo, Oxygen, FXX, Sci-Fi, Disney Junior, all the Disneys uh, except for the Ocho. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of – there really is a lot of channels here. It's kind of surprising they've gotten this much already. There is, and – the one thing that would make this almost irresistible to me, besides the pricing, if they had root sports so I could watch Utah Jazz games. Mm, that would be awesome. Um, into some bad news for Uber. Uber's not having a good year. No, no, and especially this month so far. And we're only in like the fourth day of this month. Yeah, it's... Okay, so the CEO from Uber is on Trump's uh, campaign panel, whatever, team. I thought he stepped down from that. He did. He did, because people just had a fit about it. So he stepped down. Um, And then Uber tried bumping up the prices if you wanted a fare um, to work around the airports that were currently getting blocked and protested from the the immigration ban. That never sits well. Okay. Yep. Then one of Uber's execs, um, their CEO. Well, no, well, hold on here. One of their oh, execs, okay. uh, turns out, uh, had a long history of sexual harassment and didn't disclose that he was already fired from Google for sexual harassment when he went to Uber and has now been let go from Uber for sexual harassment. And then their CEO. Yeah, their CEO got into it with an actual driver who had a dash cam and was recording it. The CEO was yelling at his basically employee uh, for not taking owning up for his own mistakes and trying to blame other people. When Uber, you know, it's interesting because Uber, when you run a business, you have certain things that you can count on that you can use to make projections and, you know, kind of estimate this is what's coming. This is, these are the expenses that I can expect. These are the costs that I can expect. There's generally some, some level of constants, constancy. Is that constancy? 
whatever. It's a word now, people. With Uber, you can't do that because they change from week to week, it seems. And they change from market to market. They, they're constantly making changes that impact the drivers. If you're driving for Uber full time, it's very difficult to really have any sort of legitimate business plan for yourself because Uber doesn't have a legitimate business plan. Yeah. Um, it, news also came out and we've talked about this a bit before, but it turns out Uber didn't just know that, uh, they weren't allowed to run their self-driving cars in San Francisco. They had actually been avoiding and not answering emails and correspondence from the California DMV for months about it. Yeah, they were they were dodging. They were, yeah. And, and then another um, article has come out this week that I did not put in the show notes, but it turns out they were actually using location spoofing and basically electronic warfare to stay out of regulators' eyes in certain areas where they were, you know, illegal. I saw that. I just saw that tonight. Um, yeah. I, I wonder how far they can go before somebody just says, no, you're done. Here's the thing. I never thought it was an actual job. I never thought this was an actual business plan. Well, so I don't- it surprised me when I'm hearing Oop, Uber Uber CEO is in trouble. They have a CEO? Yeah. This is well, a company now? You know, I've driven for Uber. I haven't for a while, but it's a good side gig. Well, it used to be a good side gig. You know, I used to be able to make about 20 bucks an hour driving for Uber. And that's on a good night, of course. Now, if I make 10 bucks an hour, it's a good night. And to be honest, my time's worth a lot more than 10 bucks an hour. Even just for extra spending money, it's worth a lot more than 10 bucks an hour. So yeah. I, Uber has, and, and Uber seems to have this mentality that they will burn through drivers as much as they need to until they can get their self-driving cars on the road. But the problem is their drivers are not sticking around. They're getting fed up with it and they're really getting a bad reputation. It reminds me a lot of AOL back in the day, how they used to just, oh, well, we'll treat you like crap, whatever. There's more subscribers. Where well, you came from. It's funny you should mention AOL, which nice you did segue, on purpose. Huh? Yeah, you segued because we actually forgot that headline. AOL is actually, but it was it's a legitimate thing. It, so. Well, it is. You're right. You're right. Uh, AOL, yes, it's actually still around. Is actually cutting their instant messaging platform. They're turning it off. Well, they're turning off third party support, so site or applications like Trillion and Pigeon won't be able to use it anymore. Now. And even that is kind of misleading because they have since upgraded their instant messenger to have the newer protocols. It's only the older protocols they're shutting off, which happens to be the same protocols that third party clients use. Yes. Um, I, I, I think the big takeaway from this article or from this little bit of news is that AOL still has instant messenger. And people are still using it because people are up in arms about this. Yeah, this just amazes me that they still have. Wow. How dare you take away this free service we haven't been paying for for 20 years. It's amazing. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> what the heck? AOL is still a thing. Who knew? Who knew? Um, okay, uh, last non... Um, 
Well, actually, we have two last uh, headlines that aren't from Mobile World Congress, and then we just need to burn through them. And they're both Microsoft. Microsoft uh, Creators Edition, or Creator Update, is going to be the next version of Windows 10, and we will all get it for free. It also has an interesting security feature that will be disabled by default. I have to stress that it will be disabled by default. But it's actually kind of genius because what it is, is that if you want to make sure your computer stays secure, you can turn on the ability to block all software installation that doesn't come from the Play Store. Not even the Play Store, it's just the Microsoft Store. Yeah, the Microsoft, the Windows Store. The Windows Store. Well, why is that important? Well, because the Windows Store, everything on there has been certified and scrubbed and checked. You know it doesn't have um, malware, it doesn't have viruses, it doesn't have trackers, and there's a lot of crap out there that does. Yeah. Why wouldn't this be popular? Well, because people are going to say that Microsoft is trying to run everything through their store, and they're trying to create a monopoly, and they're trying to create a choke point. And the answer is, really, no, that's not it at all. They just don't want to keep supporting your crap. Well, how is this any different from Google having third-party um, sources APKs? turned off? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's turned off by default. If I want to install something that I've saved on Dropbox, you know, maybe an app that Schmitty wrote for me or something, which I have some. Uh, how is that any different than than this? I mean, it's well, it's, it's really not, not, but people will freak out. Yeah, it's really not, but the reaction is going to be totally disproportional. Oh, yeah. Now, I can't wait for this because my kids have a, a Windows 10 laptop, one of my old ones that I let them use. And I thought I locked it down pretty well. Last time I went on there, no. It's, it's, if it could be, it'd be sticky with the amount of crap they've put on it. If it had a face, you would shoot it. Yes, yes, because the poor thing is in misery. I would turn this on in a New York second. Oh, yeah. Your grandma, who you're really tired of fixing her computer. Yep, turn this on. So it's a great little feature. I understand why they're disabling it by default, but it's still a great feature. Um, and the other Microsoft headline is the Xbox Game Pass. Think Steam, but for Xbox Live. You pay a monthly fee, and they give you unlimited access to more than 100 games. And these aren't streaming games. These are games that will download to your console... And you can play them until you're done. Nice. I I expect that they will expand this library, but it's kind of funny. Do you know what this actually reminds me of? What? Microsoft SharePoint. Really? For those of you who aren't familiar with it, SharePoint is like a document, was originally a document repository system that Microsoft brought out for companies. You could throw a whole bunch of documents up there. You could check out a file. And when it did that, it locked the file for everyone else, downloaded it to your machine so you could edit it. And when you were done editing it, you could hit save and check it back in and it would re-upload back to the cloud apply your changes, and then open it up so other people could check it out. Okay. It kind of reminds me of that. You could say, I want this game. It l allows you to check out. It downloads the game to your console. You play it for as long as you want. When you're done, it checks back in and takes away the license so you can't do it anymore. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm wondering if some of the same technology was used. Possibly. 
Yep. Um, we're going to skip the FCC one because I'm tired of talking politics. Look it up on your own if you want. It sucks. Um, <laughs> Mobile yeah. World Congress. We, we're. I was saying before the show, we're just tired of politics right now. So we're, tired. We're done. We're done. So tired. I'll I'll sum it up this way: Time Warner and AT and T want to merge. Guess whose FCC doesn't have a problem with that and isn't going to even investigate. Yeah, that's all we'll say. Okay, so um, strange that this was announced at Mobile World Congress, but it was um, Porsche Design, which they say like it's its own company, has a Surface Book variant. It's not an actual. Surface Book, but it's their version of it, and it was manufactured um, with the help of Microsoft and Quanta, who made uh, Amazon's Fire tablets. It's a 13-inch um, QHD display. I think they mean 4K, almost 4K. A Core i7 processor, 16 gigs of RAM, a huge SSD, two USB-C ports, two USB 3.0 ports, a Thunderbolt 3 port, um, backlit keyboard, and a 360-degree hinge. And I gotta say, it looks gorgeous. It really does. As nice as I like, as much as I like the Surface Book, if all things, everything else was equal and I could have one of the two of them, I'd choose this one. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. Now, it, is, it does look really pretty. Now, of course, this one is not equal because it will cost about $2,500. Which seems like a lot. And we've seen this before. Porsche Design. You remember they had uh, Blackberries they used to do? They did, yes. And they were like four times the price of normal Blackberries. Yeah, I was just trying to think who who they did stuff for. But yeah. You know, the thing is, at this price, I'd expect a Mac. I think that's the point. I, I, bear with me here because I'm spitballing. And it may be the lack of caffeine and sugar because I'm on a freaking diet talking. But... Mac users back in the day, I'm not saying they still do this, though some do, would take a look at their MacBook, right? And say, well, this is a $2,500 MacBook and it's just built with quality. You know it's built with quality. And then you'd have the PC user and the PC user would say, yeah, but my $800 laptop does everything your MacBook does and it costs $800. And the immediate response was, yeah, but it's only $800. Look how crappy it's made. Look at how cheap it is. It's, it's obviously not the same quality because it costs one third the price. Uh huh. I almost wonder if by bumping this one up to the same price as a MacBook, it's like saying, oh, no, you're right. That is a nice laptop. Even though the internals are the same as the $800 laptop or the $1,200 laptop or the $1,500 Surface Book, by bringing it to the same point, they feel it's more, if you'll pardon the pun, apples to apples. <laughs> that was a good pun. It was totally unintentional, but... You know what I'm saying? It's like now, now it can compete because it's at the same price. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because there are so many people that will just look at the price of something and say, oh, well, this is more expensive. Ergo, it must be better, mm -hmm. which isn't always necessarily the case. Yeah. Um, okay. Real fast. Mobile World Congress news. Nokia came out with three new phones. Um, two of them Android. Uh, actually, I think all of them. Nope. Nope. Just two. Just two. Sorry. The Nokia 5 and 3. Uh, sorry, no, it was. It's four phones total. Three of them are Android. The Nokia 6, Nokia 5, and Nokia 3. 
Those are all Android phones, and they look really nice, actually. They're kind of high-end looking, but what's funny is they're not. Price-wise, they are targeting the mid-range hard. Um, the highest-end one, the Nokia 6, will retail for $242 without contract. That's not bad at all. Not bad at all. We're talking the Snapdragon 430, 32 gigs of storage, 3 gigs of RAM, 16 megapixel camera, micro USB, fingerprint sensor, dual speakers, Dolby Atmos. Um, that's good. They're looking to just completely decimate the middle sector. And with prices like that, they can do it. Then they also released the Nokia 3310, which is a really... I Props to them. If you remember the old Nokia, Nokia, yeah, the old Nokia 3300s, um, just an old smart, uh, old dumb phone, feature phone, excuse me, one of the most popular phones ever made by mankind. I think more of these were sold than any other model. They're what, like one inches by two inches? <laughs> they're tiny. Yeah, they're they're not big at all. Um, no, I could actually, I guess it was originally named the 3310, and then just bringing it back so they're bringing back a whole new design new technology we're talking 22 hours talk time a month in standby that's amazing it it doesn't run android it doesn't run anything but it looks gorgeous and if you have a kid who just needs a phone yes it's 52 dollars off contract that that's what i was going to say that is what you would buy for your kid or you know if you use one for the home phone like we do yeah I'd yeah. also like to point out that the original 3310 was nigh indestructible. I hope that these are too. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, LG, uh, sh- showed off. I don't know if that's a word it is now. Um, the G6. And like we predicted, it's basically a, I'm sorry, can we just forget the G5 ever existed note for everyone? And it looks nice. I'll admit it looks like every other phone right now, but it looks decidedly LG. Yeah. So. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, you look at a phone, you can tell a Samsung, you can tell an iPhone, although those lines have been blurred over the years and continue to be so. But you look at, you know, you can tell an LG and this this does look like an LG phone. Mm-hmm. Um, has two cameras. Uh, one of them is standard camera. The other one's their wide angle one, which is pretty cool. Uh, Snapdragon 821, four gigs of RAM, 32 gigs of storage, USB type C with quick charge, a 33 milliamp battery. So it should last a good long while. Um, huge screen, 5.7 inch screen with an 18 by nine aspect ratio, which means the screen is twice as tall as it is wide. Um, soft keys. So that's, out of the way there and almost edge to edge display. It looks gorgeous. Yes. So very nice. I'm glad they learned their lesson there. Google announced that assistant, which had previously only been on pixel phones and then was only going to be on certain other phones is actually going to go on all Android devices that can support it, which means I think, uh, Android OS 4.4 and above more than two gig or more than one and a half gigs of Ram. And not just that they launched it two days ago. So if you have an update for Google Play services or Google search, it might be assistant waiting for you. Yes. I have, I haven't checked to see if mine is updated yet. I, I've checked constantly and I don't have it. Uh, if you want to check, hold down your home key and see what pops up. And if it's the Google on tap, that's great. 
that's normal. Um, but if you have assistant, it will pop up saying, hi, I'm your assistant. Do you want to try it out? And you can take it from there. Yeah, it looks like I've still got on tap. Yeah. Um, BlackBerry announced Mercury, except it's not Mercury. You remember at CES when they said that we're excited to announce the thing that people have been calling Mercury, but then they didn't announce it. They didn't give us any information. Yeah, that was really stupid. Yeah, well, it turns out Mercury is actually going to be called Key One. It's an Android phone that looks like their last one. In fact, I swear we've seen this phone before with a small BlackBerry keyboard at the bottom of it. So, you know, you can't turn it landscape without it being completely useless. Um, <laughs> now, remember, it's not BlackBerry that's making these anymore. It's now TCT Mobile. TCL. T- uh, same, same, same. Yeah. So, um, it has a Snapdragon 625, has a five and a half inch screen running 1080 display, a 35 milliamp battery. And with a smaller screen, it does mean the battery will last longer. That's good. Yeah. Right. Um, this is only for one type of person. It's the person who still says they need a physical keyboard, despite the fact that physical keyboards of that size are actually very uncomfortable to type on. Unless you have fingers the size of toothpicks. Just saying. Just saying. Not even trying to hate on BlackBerry. It just seems like a, a solution to a problem that no one said ever existed. You know, though, I'm amazed at how many people love the BlackBerry keyboard. And even to this day, I still hear people rave about it. And I was never a big, big fan of it. I, Would I you just, say I, that three million more people love the BlackBerry keyboard than than no keyboard at all? That it's actually very popular and three million more people want it? I would not. I would say there's probably a greater percentage of iPhones owner or people who own an iPhone with a cracked screen than who want a hardware keyboard. Well, see, that's why we're the fake media. Um, <laughs> it's fake news, y'all. Um, last two headlines here. Um, second to last one. T-Mobile. Um, I guess they've had it. They said, okay, unlimited data plans, screw you. We're going to nuke you. We're going to drop the mic here. And this month, and we don't know if only this month, but at least for March, if you call into T-Mobile right now, and if you already have more than two lines with them or two lines, period, they'll give you a third line for free. You don't even have to buy new hardware with it. Yeah, I've got a, I've got four lines right now. I need to go in and talk to them and get that changed. Save now, myself 20 bucks a month. Now, I, I did call them on mine, and uh, and I got it. But they did point out they will not allow you to cancel a line. So it's not like if you have three lines, you can call in, get a free line, and cancel the third line so you are, still have three lines, but you're only paying for two. No, you'll just have a fourth line. But they did point out to me that if you have a tablet, if you have um, a smartwatch, if you have a need for a SIM card at all, they can use it for this. Nice. No questions asked. Kind of, kind of cool. Um, and now, I will, sorry, T-Mobile also, um, it's, it's not really well known yet, but they will be giving away MLB, MLB premium subscriptions again this year to their subscribers. No one but you cares. I believe that that starts on April 4th, which is T-Mobile Tuesday. You'll be able to get it through the T-Mobile Tuesday app. So if you are a baseball fan, then that is for you. Yeah. Last headline. I care, Zook. Shut up. Well, yeah, and that's... <laughs> okay, everyone else sign up through that and watch how fast that gets hacked. Probably. Hey, I've been doing it for the last couple of years, though. It hasn't been hacked yet. Maybe that's how they're getting you, Zoner. That could be. 
That could be MLB premium. My MLB subscription is the, is the chink in the armor. It is. It is. Everyone has their weakness. Yours is baseball. Um, last one is the Google Play Store update that they're making to games. And this is brilliant. See, if a developer wants to drop the price of their game, they have to go through a very, very, very long process with the Google Play Store to do so. And. Developers aren't happy about that, especially when they get a bump every time they say, um, hey, guess what? For this week, my game's free. Yeah. Or my app is free. They notice that people, by increasing the amount of people who use the app, even if they got it for free, it gets their name out there. And even after the price goes back up to the normal price, sales continue. Yeah. So Google's going to make it at developers' discretion so they can do that whenever they want now. Which is brilliant. I don't know why they weren't doing it before now. Um, also kind of brilliant and less obvious, but when I say it, you'll think it's completely obvious. They're going to change the way games are rated. Instead of saying that this game has X amount of downloads, they're going to say this game has X amount of people who are consistently playing it. Which makes a ton of sense. Because you know that really crappy game that gets to the top of the list saying, oh, 4.4 million downloads. What they're not saying is, and 20 people still play it. Yep. And that's being generous. <laughs> and that's being totally generous. Uh, so it gives these really, really horrible games a misleading sense of, oh, well, this game must be good. Look at all these people who downloaded it, only to find out it's utter crap and were, was uninstalled within seconds. Yep. And we've all done it. We have. In fact, I did it earlier tonight. Yeah. So, so that's another genius move. We don't know quite when these changes will roll out, but it's going to be good. Is this a good guy Google? Thing? I mean, it, or are they just, are, are they acting in their own self-interest here more so than the their users? I, I think so, but I think we benefit from it anyway. Uh, Google, Android's real strength is the Play Store. Yes. And if the Play Store fails, Android will f- follow shortly after. So it's in their best interest to keep it healthy, to weed out any of the, the crap inevitably gets filtered into there. Yeah. So, and we benefit from it. So into our favorites, mine is a petition for a Lego set. It's a Lego set. I want, I want it dearly. I need everyone to sign up for this petition because I want this Lego set to exist. And it is the set of Hamilton with Lego minifigs from the cast. Now this is Hamilton, the musical, not the book. Because that would be a boring Lego set. I'm just saying, people, you should go. You it's should freaking awesome. It. It's. I was looking at this. I, I. I said yes. I will do this. I would buy this. What would you pay for this set? Just out of I, curiosity. I don't. I don't know. I don't even know how much Lego costs anymore. It's gone up so much. This thing even has the turntable in the center of the stage. I, I'm thinking this is probably around a fifty dollars set. Probably. But man, that, that would be sweet. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yep. Okay. My favorite. It's kind of a little different. Uh, I got a recipe for y'all. Uh, it is cauliflower grilled cheese sandwiches. Now I have dietary issues where I can no longer eat bread, which really puts a hamper on my desire to have a grilled cheese sandwich. I came across this recipe earlier in the week and I have made it three nights. I actually did three nights in a row because it's so good. Um, so if you like cauliflower, even if you don't like cauliflower, it doesn't taste like cauliflower to me. Um, and if you like grilled cheese, you know, 
this is something that you definitely want to give a go because it's it's delicious and it's a lot healthier than your traditional grilled cheese. So for whatever reason you may have for wanting to be healthier or eat something that's a little bit better for you, you know, this this is one you should give a give a try. If you say so, I hate cauliflower. You're you're sitting there thinking cauliflower is white broccoli. It's it's worse than that. It tastes like dirt. Okay. <laughs> well, you got to wash it. That is our show this week. Let us know how we're doing. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Um, keep an eye on Facebook for those tickets. Just a reminder. Yes. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.